you want that gatekeeper to like you. So one of the high level tactics that I use is I will mimic their speech patterns or mirror their speech patterns. I'm not mocking them, but I'm lining up my speech with theirs so that I come across as like them because we like people who are like us or who do like us. And if you come across as like them, you speak similar to them, they're more likely to like you, which means they're more likely to help you out. Welcome to Pipelineology, the business-to-business podcast for agencies, consultants, coaches, and businesses looking to build a pipeline of hot prospects ready to buy their products and services. Never wonder where your next client is coming from. To learn more about our strategies, services, and for resources on building your sales pipeline, visit Pipelineology.com. Now, on to the show. Justin, Welcome to the show. Glad to have you here. Glad to be here. Well, thanks so much for joining us today. I'm uh, I'm excited to get get a conversation going on the topic of cold calling. But uh, for anybody who's not familiar with you or your story, could you give our listeners just a little background on on uh, how you got here? Yeah, I uh, I started my sales career in college. Uh, got recruited into a multi level marketing company, and uh, kind of learned this tips and tricks of sales through the coaching programs that they had in place. Um, Was in college for radio broadcasting and eventually became a DJ, but I was always doing sales to supplement my income. And at one point I ended up working in an outbound call center doing uh, appointment setting for an insurance agency. And that's where I found my niche. Um, The thing that I excelled at was getting those appointments booked and getting a calendar filled up. Uh, Ended up homeless for a while and actually built my business based around cold calling from the homeless shelter in the public library. And within four months of ending up homeless, I was able to get into a house, uh, lost the contract and lost that house four months later, four more months in a homeless shelter. And I've been housed for almost three years and producing a nice middle-class income on less than a full week's worth of work. Oh, wow. So, so your experience with cold calling is that it very much your, your livelihood depends on getting results from, from this. Absolutely. I uh, was able to get out of the streets and, and secure uh, my life because your security is at risk when you're not safely and stably housed. And I was able to dial for my life and, and make it work. And uh, one of the areas that I excel at is actually setting appointments with senior level executives, C-level, VP level executives at large companies. And that reputation got me a a pretty high billable rate that got me off the streets. Wow. So if somebody's looking to, I guess, get started with this, where, where does somebody start with cold calling? Well, there's, there's basically two things you need for cold calling aside from, you know, a phone or computer-based phone. Uh, and those are a script and a list. And what a lot of people do is they'll go to their sales managers or get list or they'll purchase leads online. What I like to do is actually use a free database of businesses called Reference USA. Um, it is a U.S.-based uh, business, uh, business-to-business database that is freely accessed through every Metro library. And uh, I can pull, you know, contact information, phone number, uh, office address, state of location, and even a name for a title. You know, if I'm looking for the controller or the CFO, I can pull that information up uh, through that database and 
basically you need to have a list that has prospects that are the right target for you. And the second thing you need is a script and scripting is an art form. Um, Writing an effective script may take several adjustments throughout the, the first few days of calling, but there's a basic formula of, hi, my name is, this is the company I work for. We provide this valuable thing to you. Here's why we are calling. We would like to book a, a time to meet with you. And if you follow that basic formula and make sure you've got a really keen value statement in there, you're more likely to get the appointment than if you don't. So again, the two things that I would start with are a list, which you can pull for free from Reference USA if you have a library card at a Metro library and you can pull it online from your own home uh, or and a script so that you know what to say. That's awesome. So I've, um, I will say I, I've been on the receiving end of, of many, many cold calls from, from various businesses. And I feel like there's, well, there's a lot of people who are just annoying and terrible. So how, how do you, I guess, approach it from a, a this person doesn't want my call today? How do you kind of get in the, the mental state to call people? Well, a lot of that has to do with the value that I'm bringing them. Um, I honestly will only work with clients or work with uh, uh, products or services that I see as valuable to the person that we're dealing with. And if you know inside yourself, if you've got the mindset that what you're calling about is valuable to the person you're calling, um, they, may, they don't want your call. They do not want your call ever, but they want your solution to their problem. And you got to call from that mindset because a big key to getting the appointment versus not getting the appointment is the confidence and sincerity that you put off when you talk to them. And I'm sure you've, you've realized on those bad calls that they come across insincere or they come across really shaky. Would you say that's accurate? I would say both of those things are very accurate. Yeah. So the difference between me and a lot of my competitors in the cold calling market is that I come through sincere. And when I say, how are you today? I genuinely want an answer. I genuinely want to know how they're doing. And when I go into the product sales, I'm confident that what I have is valuable to them. It's worth the two minutes on the call. And if it's valuable enough, it'll be worth the 15, 30, 60 minutes on the appointment. And really, that's it. If you believe that it has value, then you shouldn't have to worry about that. They don't want my call because they don't, but they do want the solution to the problem. And if that's what you're offering, then that's how you need to approach it. Does that make sense? I think that makes a, a lot of sense is that it's it's the tone, it's the, the sincerity. I, I would say, yeah, having received enough of them, that, that has been a big difference maker on the ones that I've taken and the ones that I've hung up on. So, yeah. And, and you know, you, you don't have to be insincere, but at the same time, you also do want to, uh, build rapport quickly. Like when uh, a caller goes through and they get a, a receptionist, what we call a gatekeeper, um, you want that gatekeeper to like you. So one of the high level tactics that I use is I will mimic their speech patterns or mirror their speech patterns. I'm not mocking them, but I'm lining up my speech with theirs so that I come across as like them because we like people who are like us or who do like us. 
And if you come across as like them, you speak similar to them, they're more likely to like you, which means they're more likely to help you out. I build rapport very quickly on the phone because I have to, but also because I sincerely like these people that I'm talking to. They are, as soon as they pick up the phone, they are my new best friend because they're going to help me help their business succeed. And a technique that I use constantly is if they say hello, I don't say, hey, I say hello. If they say, hey, I say, hey. If they kind of do it in a sing-song way, I'll give that back to them. It's a subconscious thing. It gets into the subconscious of saying, oh, this person is my tribe. And that's where you'll get a lot more help than resistance. Because everybody who's ever done cold calls has been shut down by a gatekeeper. I'm no exception. I still get shut down by gatekeepers, but it happens a lot less often for me than it does your average guy dialing through the phone book. Well, that's, that's awesome. I've never, I have heard many tricks, I, I guess, per se, on how to get past them, but the whole treat them like a real person and sincerely care is, uh, I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah, it doesn't have to be a, a trick, really. It just has to be a, a, a technique that works and treating somebody like a real person, treating them like they have value, like they're not standing in your way, treating them like they're your friend who's going to help you get to their boss. Because one thing you got to keep in mind, that gatekeeper, if they let through the wrong call, they're getting yelled at by their boss. And nobody wants to deal with that. So you got to give them a reason to put you through. And a lot of people will do a trick, you know, like, hi, this is Justin. Uh, can I speak to Bob? And they'll bypass any kind of credential building. And more often than not, they'll get Bob's not here. I can put you in his voicemail or Bob's in a meeting. Call back later. Something to that effect because you're raising red flags for that gatekeeper that says, hey, this is a salesman. He's trying to sneak past me. Don't sneak past him. Tell him what you're calling about. Hi, this is Justin with ABC Company. I'm trying to get in touch with Bob Smith because we have a, a service that will add $50 million a year to your revenue. We have a service that will save your accounts payable time 10 to 20% of their time spent every month. Give the, give the gatekeeper a value statement. Give, let them know that there's a reason that Bob wants to talk to you. That's awesome. So then if, when they put you through to the, to the proper decision maker then, or the person you're asking for, and that's where you kind of lead in with your, your script there? Yeah, I, I lead in with the script. And again, I hit the value statement as early as I can. Um, you know, depending on what the, the product or service is, I might start it with some questioning. For example, I've got an AP uh, account payable solution. That's why controllers is a good point of contact for me. And I will straight up tell them, hey, we are calling because our research indicates you're not using virtual payments for your accounts payable. Is that still correct? Once I've got an answer there, I have a couple of directions I can go on my script. If they say yes, I've got a scripted answer of, Oh, great. Uh, are you familiar with virtual payments and how they work? Then I give a brief rundown in the value statement. If they say, no, that's not correct. We are. Oh, fantastic. Uh, let me ask you, would it be worth 15 minutes to check out a competitor, see if we can raise your vendor participation rate, which will drive more rebates? I've got a value statement in there either way that gives me an option to get that appointment with the person I'm trying to get the appointment with. Oh, that's, that's very interesting. So, that kind of leads me to my next question there. When it comes to your, I guess, mission on the on the call, I've I've seen two ways that are pretty popular. One is the um, essentially the 
are you in front of a computer, pull up such and such versus the, oh, I'd like to schedule this much time with you, when are you available type of ones. When, when you're doing these, which approach do you find effective or neither of them? Um, honestly, I find setting an appointment, taking a two minute call to set a 15 or 30 minute appointment to do a discovery. And then when I'm doing full on sales, soup to nuts closing, um, I'll do it two steps. So I'll do a discovery call that I set an appointment for. And then from that call, I'll book an appointment for my picture presentation. Um, because it, one, it gives me more chance to build rapport so that I can lessen the brunt of, cause I'm dealing with five, six, seven figure, uh, you know, business deals, I, I'm looking to lessen the brunt of that by building rapport. But it's not to be said that you can't get somebody on the same call to, to go ahead and log onto their computer and go to whatever landing page or onboarding uh, service you use. I just find it's more effective if I do it in a few steps, because I, I get more opportunities to get recognition from that person. Does that make sense? It does. Like they recognize me a little more each time. And by the third meeting, when I'm actually doing my pitch or my presentation, there's a little bit of camaraderie, a little bit of friendship built so that they don't feel uncomfortable with pulling out payment information for, you know, a, a six figure check that they're going to write this year. I like that. I think, I believe that's an NLP technique, right? Where you're kind of spacing things out so that, like you said, each time they, they know you and like, and trust you a little better each time. So you're not trying to do it all in 15 minutes right away. Exactly. And you know, it is small amounts of time each time. It'll be a, a two minute call to set a 15 minute appointment, a 15 minute appointment to set a 30 minute or hour long appointment, however long the pitch takes. And then, you know, you can follow up with, and I love to make sure that I keep good relationships with my clients. So I follow up with handwritten notes or small gifts that are sent throughout the year that are not, you know, birthdays or Christmas gifts. They're, they're sent unexpectedly. And that helps to build that relationship so that every time I call them with a new offering or a new product, uh, they're going to take that call because now I'm their buddy. And it's genuine. I'm building friendships. I'm building genuine friendships with these people. But that friendship still serves an end for both of us. They get a solution to whatever problem they're dealing with, and I get a commission check from. So if somebody was was saying, okay, this this sounds like this could be effective. I I, I can see how this would work. But I think for a lot of people, it's they're they're reluctant. They have a lot of reluctance to even pick up the phone. Do you have any advice for people who are, are kind of thinking the same type of thing where they're like, I don't want to get on the call and do this or on the phone? Absolutely. Um, the best thing I do to, because uh, everybody faces call reluctance, uh, making that first dial is the hardest thing. I liken it to getting in, getting out of bed in the morning on a cold day. You really don't want to get out from under your blankets, but once you do and you get in the shower and you get yourself going, it just kind of rolls from there. Um, the, the best technique I use to make sure that I can overcome that call reluctance is to gamify it. It's, I keep a scoreboard. I keep a, a call sheet, um, a, a little, I, I can't find one right now, but I keep a <laughs> tally sheet that I keep track of my dials, how many decision makers I got on the phone and how many yeses I got. And it's a score. It's a game for me because my aim is to see, okay, 
how many decision makers did it take to get me an appointment? Okay, how many appointments do I want today? Let's make sure we touch that many decision makers. So let's keep track of that score. And when you're doing that, not only is it a little more fun, and you can play little games like go for 15 no's before lunch, go for 20 no's before lunch, um, to, to increase the, the likelihood of getting a yes, but you're also tracking your performance, which allows you to uh, improve. You know, hey, I'm getting a lot of decision makers on the phone, but I'm not getting very many yeses. Okay, we need to alter the script or the pitch so that it works better. Or, hey, I'm getting a lot of dials in, but I'm not getting very many decision makers. Okay, are we asking for the wrong level of decision maker? Are we looking for the wrong guy who's never going to be able to the one to answer the phone? Is there a better way to approach this guy? Maybe cold email might be a better way to get in touch with him or LinkedIn or, uh, you know, sending him a, a handwritten card might be the better way to get him. But if you're keeping track of that data, you can both make it a game and have fun with it and constantly improve your numbers. That's awesome. Are there are there certain benchmarks that you're looking to, let's say you start a, a new campaign, are there certain numbers where you're looking and saying, all right, if I'm making this many dials and I'm not talking to enough people or I'm getting this many no's, I'm not, uh, we, gotta, we gotta make some changes somewhere in the process? Yeah, um, I basically, no matter what the contract is, no matter who I'm reaching out to, if I haven't got, if I've had, you know, a, a good amount of decision makers, say two or three decision makers an hour, but I haven't gotten a yes in three hours, okay, we need to revisit the script. If I'm dialing for three hours and I've only gotten one decision maker, even none, then there's something going on where I need to figure out, am I getting screened by all the gatekeepers or is it just everybody's out of the office today, you know, you got to take a look at that. But I'd say any, any section of three hours long, if I'm not getting some sort of result in that period, it's time to reevaluate it. And just so that you kind of have a, an idea of what the volume is, I do 20 to 30 dials an hour. So if I hit 100 dials and I haven't gotten a single person on the phone, okay, it may not be worth my time to make calls today because something's going on where nobody's answering. Let's try emailing these people and sending them a LinkedIn connection request. If I'm spending three hours on the phone and I'm getting plenty of decision makers, but they're all telling me no, well, then we really need to revisit the script and make sure the value statement is clear. Um, there's always something you can improve upon once you've got enough data and anywhere from 70 to 100 dials is enough data to start making some assessments about what your performance is resulting in well that's those are those are really helpful numbers i really like that so i guess um what else what else should i be asking you um i think you've done a great job i just kind of drop in some some great you know scripting knowledge and some benchmarks what, what else should people know if they're they're thinking about this well, uh, there, there's been a lot of research done into the field of outbound calling, um, and there's some numbers that your your people, your audience probably would va get value from. Um, it takes on average, it used to take on average six contacts to get a meeting with any one individual. Now, there's some that'll book on the first call, but there's some that would take out to, you know, 12 or 13 calls to get them to book a meeting. The average was six. That average has gone up to 16. So, if you're not getting somebody on the phone, you're still it's still worth calling them again and again and again. Um, Grant Cardone, one of the guys I've studied under, 
uh, his process when he gets voicemails is he leaves a voicemail and he'll call them back and leave two more voicemails. He'll call them three times a day, morning, afternoon, and evening until they get back to him and he'll keep calling and leaving voicemails. Uh, I do a slightly different, I'll leave one voicemail every other day, but I leave what I call a blind copy voicemail, which is I don't give them any information other than my name, my company, my number, the hours that I'm available, my name and my number again. And that gives them, it's kind of like blind copy email writing where you're giving them some information, but not relevant to what they're, they're asking for, or not relevant to what you're offering. So it piques their curiosity and they, they tend to call back at a pretty higher, uh, high rate. But the, that all to say that if you're not getting in touch with somebody and you've tried them four or five, six times, you still have 10, 15 times to reach out to them before they're likely to take an appointment. Don't be afraid to bug these guys because the answers already know if you're not getting in their face. So persistence is a huge uh, factor. Persistence and consistency uh, are, are two of the biggest factors in success in this game. Because if you're not staying on top of your leads and dialing them again and again, or you're taking a day or two days or three days, you know, a week where you might only do 15 dials, when you know you should be doing 80 a day, you're just not going to get the results that you want. You've got to be consistent and persistent dialing. You know, in, in some organizations, they do dials Mondays only, but they'll do eight hours of dials on Monday. That's 250 calls a day. If you're going to do 250 calls on Monday, make sure you're hitting 250 calls every Monday. Don't come in on a Monday and hit 20 and expect to get any good results. So is this, do you, do you recommend the, the daily cold calling? Well, that's kind of my, the nature of my business is I spend my free time when I'm not running a sales appointment um, I, I, or doing an event like this, uh, I'm making cold calls. I've been making cold calls since 9 a.m. this morning. It's 1.30 my time. And I've only taken off in the last half hour to, to talk to you. And once we're done, I'm getting back on cold calls because if I don't have appointments in my calendar, the only thing that keeps me employed is making calls. That's awesome. So you, you just eat, sleep and breathe this stuff all day. I do. <laughs> like I said, it's, it literally saved my life. It got me off the streets and it, it's, and I'm going to be honest, it's not my favorite thing in the world to do. I don't relish, you know, making 150 calls a day, but it leads to the ends that I want. I want the success for my business. I want clients. I want clients for my clients. So it doesn't make sense for me to slack off and not do the work. Well, that's, I mean, that's great. You, you shared some, some great knowledge here with people. If somebody's kind of interested in exploring this further with you, do you have any place we should point them towards how they should get in touch with you? Uh, yes. Um, I'm always available at my email, justin.hughes. That's H-U-G-H-E-S at massiveleadgen.com. That's gen with G-E-N. Um, I have a course uh, that teaches the art of the dial, the mastering of the cold call. It's about an hour long um, that is, is video and script help. I actually personally help each individual student with their script through the, the platform that I use. Um, and that's at massiveleadgen.com forward slash launch dash a dash career dash in dash sales. And I know that's kind of a long URL, <laughs> 
which is why it's probably easier if you're interested in that course, just to email me at justin.hughes at massiveleadgen.com. All right. That's awesome. I will make sure we put both of those in the show notes. So if anybody wants to, to get more info on this and really embrace this uh, to bring in clients that, uh, that you can help them with that. Absolutely. And just so that people know, I, I do a lot of uh, consultation and, and coaching uh, to a minimum of coaching for no charge because I'm more interested in seeing people succeed than seeing people pay me money. I, I, I will eventually demand that you, you know, start investing in yourself. <laughs> but if you're a new salesperson and you don't have that experienced salesperson budget or your business is new and you don't have marketing coming in, uh, pick my brain because I'd love to see you succeed, especially since I know if you succeed, you'll come back to me for more sales training. Well, that's that is an extremely generous offer. So. For sure, everybody check out. Well, like I said, we'll put your uh, contact info in the show notes on this. Uh, what was it? it was Justin.Hughes at MassiveLeadGen.com? Yep, I'll go ahead and message you the, the contact details so you'll have it all accurate. Okay, perfect. Sounds great, Justin. Thanks so much for coming on. I, I really appreciate you sharing this with everybody. And uh, I think it's one of those things that can help somebody get results quickly. I hope so. I do appreciate you having me on, Gary, and I uh, wish you a great rest of your week. All right. Take care, Justin. Thanks. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Pipelineology podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's episode and look forward to seeing you on the next one. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider giving us a review on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. 